Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by my bookie. Use promo code Gators to double your first deposit. Only at mybookie.ag. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you day after for some reaction as Kentucky downs Florida 26-16. Gators first loss of the season. And, ooh, that one hurt. That would hurt. Uh, we know Kentucky has given Florida fits the last handful of seasons, and it continues Saturday night in the swamp as the Gators move to one and one on the season. So plenty, of course, to discuss, plenty to react to here uh, in this loss for the Gators. Before we get started, hit that like button. I know you don't like the result. Don't let that hurt me a little bit. So but hit that like button. Uh, let everybody know they can find Gators Breakdown out there. By all those likes, it really, uh, really helps out. And you know, YouTube kind of promotes it a bit more. Uh, so everybody gets to watch it uh, when you guys like. You know, everybody gets to see it out there more uh, when you guys hit that like button and subscribe as well. Leave a comment. I know they'll be flying in, uh, whether you're joining me live here or uh, after we know it's just posted, but uh, yeah, leave your comments there in the comments section, and you know, I'll, I'll try to respond uh, to some of them there, but uh, yeah, I know this, this one this one hurts just a bit. Uh, check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, and keep the conversation going with Gators Breakdown Plus, the Discord uh, hopping this morning, uh, of course, a lot of disappointed Gator fans, myself included, uh, but yeah, that one, uh, that one stings, and that's Kentucky. Beach, Florida, for the first time, what it was 76, 77, or 77, 78? I remember off the top of my head. But anyway, late 70s since Florida's beaten or lost to Kentucky uh, in back-to-back seasons. So, of course, you know, this first loss comes after there was just so much elation uh, a week ago. A week after defeating Utah, top 10 Utah, uh, we come back down to reality pretty quick. Uh, here, you know, Florida 
put on the pedestal probably a bit after that big victory. And look, you can't take that away from Florida uh, last week. You just hoped you'd follow that up. Hope there was no slide back. Hopefully you could keep the – and look, I mean, I won't necessarily say the intensity wasn't there. Or whatever. It was just off. Yeah, it, was a, it was a bad night. A lot of credit to Kentucky on that front. Uh, we'll get into that, too. You know, a lot, Kentucky had a lot to do with what went wrong. But, you know, Florida, Florida didn't miss some plays, had their chances. We'll get into all that. But, you know, it was just a, a week after. There was just so much excitement around the program. Billy Napier's first big win over Utah in his first game. You just hoped it was going to keep going. And, um, I, you know, a lot of buy-in for Florida uh, after week one. And now kind of, you know, step back just a bit here a week later as Kentucky comes into the swamp and defeats Florida. You know, you, you look at it on the surface, it's like, well, you know, Florida beat this top 10 team in Utah should be able to beat Kentucky. And, you know, conference play is always uh, difficult. You know, these teams see each other every year. Uh, Mark Stoops and that staff know this Florida personnel much better than Utah does. Uh, and, you know, we'll get into it too, but just a really good job uh, of, uh, of Kentucky limiting Florida's biggest playmaker and, of course, the biggest storyline in the game. But, you know, it just, it just goes, in, goes on to say the team's not as far ahead as we had hoped after that win over Utah. Now, now there's kind of question, of course, what kind of quarterback play will Florida get? But not, not, just, you know, not, not just quarterback play, uh, the issue here. That is the main storyline and should be the main storyline. But we'll get into some really questionable Coaching decisions, especially late in the game, um, how, the, how the game just played out, you know, some matchups there uh, that Kentucky was able to take advantage of. But we do start with the quarterback position. That is where the magnifying glass should go based off of, of you know, mentioned what happened last week versus Utah and Anthony Richardson being such a huge part of that and playing such a huge role in that victory. And it all just come crashing down uh, in you know, emphasize glorious fashion. And it was not glorious for Florida, but, you know, if you look at it from an outside perspective, it, it, that was a, it was a big crash, big crash down. Um, so question becomes what kind of, moving forward, what kind of quarterback play will Florida get? What adjustments the coaching staff can make and now – Moving forward with the, you know, the aftermath of this game. Moving forward with adjustments. Maybe the team got ahead of themselves. After the big win last week, you know, Richardson was asked after the game on what Coach, Coach Napier said in the locker room to the team. Uh, and Richardson said, we just have to go forward. We felt like we didn't really fight hard enough. He said we did fight but didn't play hard enough. We didn't play like we deserved to win. We just thought we were going to come out here and win. It maybe took them for granted. We have to play better. Well, all that, either way, all that credit or having the team ready to prepare to play, you know, Utah last week and not looking like LSU week one where you were not ready to play, looking like a lot of, you know, some other first year coaches uh, out there. You, know, you, new coach Billy Napier won week one when you start looking at coaches, could not keep that up uh, in, in week two. And, you know, all the talk of meticulous preparation and, and, and being ready. You know, I don't want to, the thing is, I don't want to take anything from Kentucky here by saying Florida wasn't ready. I mean, K Kentucky beat Florida. Right? That's kind of what it, it comes down there. That's what it comes down to. Kentucky had a great game plan. 
And there might be some truth to the not being prepared, not playing hard enough, not maybe deserve to win, maybe thinking they were just going to roll out there and win just because of what happened last week. And there might be some truth to it, but giving Kentucky a lot of credit too. And you, and you have to. Three and two versus Florida in the last five contests. Why wouldn't we give them credit? They have proven, and maybe I'll start believing. I, 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 I thought Florida was just going to roll out. Not really roll out there, but I thought it would be a, a comfortable Florida win. Maybe I'll come around more in Kentucky. I just, you know, I wasn't high on them coming into this year, but, you know, once again, they proved me wrong. This is the second year in a row. Second year in a row where Kentucky, Florida comes in this game and the Florida quarterback has shown to be an, a, a weapon with his legs only to be completely shut down in that aspect for a second year in a row. Go back to last year, Emory Jones with you know, a pretty bad start to the season but had played well versus Alabama, had played well versus Tennessee. A lot of it to do with making plays with his legs. Kentucky completely shut it down. AR shows some really nice things in ability with his arms and his legs versus Utah. Second year in a row, Mark Stoops comes up, White, the D.C. DC at Kentucky, come up with a game plan to just completely shut down the running portion of the quarterback play. Forcing the quarterback to, to, to throw, stacking the box, mixing up coverages, forcing the quarterback to make right decisions and just make throws. And Richardson was just not able to force Kentucky out of their defensive game plan whatsoever. It, it's tricky. You know, you're stuck, in a, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place here. I don't think Florida's stuck with the run game enough, but... You know, numbers come into play a bit, but I think you, you, you fall into Kentucky's plan a bit at, at that point. You know, what, it, it's, I'd like to stick with the run game a bit more, especially when it was really apparent Richardson was struggling. I know numbers in the box say you throw. I'm, I'm a big believer in you dictate what you want to do. And once it was apparent that you couldn't do it through the passing game, load up and run big. Now, that may not have been part of the game plan, and my in-game adjustments probably come into play there a bit. But, yeah, I know what numbers in the box say. And that was you know, the, probably the game plan for Kentucky was to make Anthony Richardson use his arm, prove that he could beat you with his arm, and he couldn't. Florida had some explosive plays early on, couldn't string anything together whatsoever. That first quarter, there were some explosive plays. You had 16, 24-yard gains, just nothing with that. You know, so with that, yeah, yeah, you just hoped that Richardson just needed to settle down. Kind of, kind of similar to last week. Saw the potential, saw some explosives. Did show something like one, you know, he was zinging the ball almost everywhere. It showed a nice touch pass to Henderson on the sideline, right in between two Kentucky defenders. So, you're okay, maybe he just needs to settle down. That settle down never came. Never came whatsoever. You know, it wasn't the same running success as last week, but... With Macho Johnson and Trevor Etienne, the run, run game was good enough to help a struggling quarterback. But he fell right into Kentucky with what Kentucky wanted by not being able to throw the ball. And Florida just obliged, kept on. 
I thought there would be the possibility for Napier at Florida that he'd have the ability, because of AR, that he'd throw more than he previously showed at Louisiana. But certainly was not there this game. Tried. Maybe felt good. Said there was a good week of practice. We know Florida's a run-first team. It didn't show it in this game. Kentucky dictated what they wanted Florida to do. And that's the biggest probably worry for me right now. Forced to do something on offense and then not being able to do so. Not being able to take advantage. Maybe not adjusting along the way. Florida wasn't wasn't going to be able to run like they did on Kentucky like they did Utah, especially with Kentucky's game plan and their front, their scheme. But with a struggling quarterback, I I, I think he needed all the help he could get. Also, you got to factor in Richardson's running. Even admitted, and it sounds like after the game, he limited himself rushing the ball. Quote, I pretty much just took what the defense gave me. You know, I try not to force too much. I'm a quarterback, so I told myself I was going to try and pass the ball more. I guess that probably affected my game a little bit. Just have to do better when the time comes. Look, I hope that's all this is. I mean, that's what we have to hope. We saw greatness last week, and we saw a floor this past week versus Kentucky. You hope this was, you hope it's just an off night. You, you do, but I mean, Stoops, two years in a row, being able to kind of scheme against a Florida quarterback, taking away the ability to run, and not being able to make that defense pay by passing. It may not make that much of a difference in how the game played out. Trying to run the ball more. I mean, like I said, Kentucky was stacking the box, but man, I'm trying. I, I try to help my quarterback out a bit. But like I said, it's tough. I, I know it's tough with with, with a stacked box, and you, you can you can go either way with it. But may not make much of a difference. But you know, taking the load off the quarterback a bit, and he even admitted, especially this part of it. I mean, Richardson admitted he lost. Confidence early in the game. Man, you don't want to hear that right now. And then you got to hope that this doesn't bleed over outside of this game. Granted, you get an easier opponent next week versus USF, and things will just automatically look better, should look better, just because of that. But, man, you hope that. And think about the next time we see this team against a formidable opponent is going to be on the road in a hostile environment. Richardson lost confidence at home. Versus a Kentucky defense. Now, Tennessee does not have that defense. But if that game starts slow, well, you're on the road. How much does the confidence get affected then? So, man, I hated hearing that. Admitting he lost his confidence early, couldn't really get it back. He owned up to the loss by taking responsibility and saying it's all on him. Even early on, where plays were there, ball, you know, it, it was getting to wide receivers, but they were thrown to with so much velocity. Or when the wide receivers were open, the passes were errant. You pair that with just Kentucky taking away everything that AR could look comfortable in. Looking comfortable last week with the, you know, that bottled up the run game, of course, with him, 
The rollout passes were them. They had they had an answer for that. Guys in passing lanes, guys in his face. Anytime he got outside, Kentucky was in position to stop it. It was just really nothing for Richardson to fall back on to get his confidence back. Interceptions ended up really killing Florida bad, throwing in your deep, in your, in your part of the field, a pick six. Uh, the, I mean, I just mentioned the rollouts there. That resulted in an interception. Florida had all the momentum at that point. 16-7 up after a safety, getting the ball back, a chance to really put pressure on Kentucky. AR still on the rollout. Great play by Kentucky's Jordan Wright. Snatch it for the interception. He had a great game coming back from suspension. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, a inter- that interception on the rollout. He just snatched it. Great play by him. But either way, he was in Anthony Richardson's face. Whether he was, I mean, that, that play was doomed almost already. Whether he made the interception or not, the play wasn't going to work. One of the rollouts that Richardson was very comfortable in last week. Those calls that were open last week, Florida put that on film, and Kentucky saw it. Game plan for it. Had an answer for it almost every time Florida tried it. Pick six, misread. Easy pick six for Kentucky. Naquan Wright out there as the receiver, running a go. Richardson threw it like he expected Wright to stop and hitch. Kentucky defender reads it. Easy, easy pick six. Makes Richardson miss down the, road, uh, down the field. You could just tell it was it was just not meant to be whatsoever. So the question is, what Anthony Richardson do we get moving forward? Just kind of answered it a bit. You get an easier opponent, USF. Of course, he dominated USF last year when his, in his limited opportunity. But obviously, right now, a quarterback. Look, we know we can, we can admit I, we all got excited last week. I mean, I was excited before the season, Anthony Richardson, and then. Last week happens, it heightens it up even more. I guess still, still have to remember, still have to calm it down a bit, look back, look inside. Still remember, he's growing, third career start. Last week versus Utah, put him on a pedestal that he obviously was not ready for. And I know a lot of people are going to mention the QB scouts in there and all the hype throughout the week. I mean, I hope that's, when, when it comes down to it, I hope that played up. Do you want it to play a part? No. But at this point, and after that performance, I I guess you hope that played a part, and it's not mental, and it's not a mental block, and he just froze up in the moment. and As he said, lost that confidence. Going to have to get that back. I mean, he pretty much threw that out there. Bad performances happen. And yesterday, even as it was happening... You know, I was hoping for <laughs> not putting him on this level, but some type of Bryce Young moment where, like, he did at times last season. And obviously yesterday versus Texas. Just find a way to get some plays going when the game's not trending well. Now, obviously, Bryce Young has a lot more talent around him. That's, you know, that, that, that makes it easier. But you were hoping Anthony Richardson was that special type of player. When even things aren't going right, you can just rally. You can, you can find something. I mean, Bryce Young yesterday, and when we talk about bad quarterback play and you know, Anthony Richardson, only his third career start, but Bryce Young, of course, played all last season, wins the Heisman. 
goes on to win the SEC, goes to the national championship game, but Bryce Young, 12 of 20 for 77 yards going into that fourth quarter versus Texas yesterday. So bad performances happened. He was able to flip the switch. He went 15 and 19, 136 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. We saw that a lot last season with him. Bad game versus Auburn, but able to somehow rally late in the game. Much easier for him, of course. Hopefully this is an experience that Anthony Richardson can learn from. Billy Napier, one of the first things he said in the press conference after the game was, it's got to be a teaching moment for the players and the coaches themselves. We'll get into that. Coaching wasn't all that great either. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But hopefully this pays off down the road. It isn't always going to be easy, and now there's a blueprint out there how to stop Anthony Richardson. Early on in the season, there's a, there's a blueprint out there. Games will be on his arm even more moving forward if there's defenses out there that can take advantage. Not, not if, like we, always, we said it last week, Kentucky's always going to bring a good defense. They were replacing, and even in the secondary, that's where they were mostly had their questions Florida tried to come out and pass the ball. Just nothing there. But the games are going to be on his arm a bit more moving forward. Can he gain the confidence back? Can they get creative on offense with him and around him? You know, some of this is on the coaches to figure out as well. Now, I admit, it's, you know, I talk about maybe trying to run and help him out a bit more. It, it's, it's hard once the quarterback goes down the hole Richardson went down yesterday. It's hard to call plays at that point. That's why I just I try to lean on the run game and, and see what you can pull there. But it's a, it's a learning experience for everyone. And yeah, you, you, you hope it's a quick bounce back. Right here on this, you know, late Saturdays, Sunday, a lot of film out there to go over. Some plays were there. Some plays were just not made. But all in all, good job by Kentucky that, you know, Anthony Richardson just wasn't able to dig himself out of once that confidence was shot. All right, so right there, we'll start. That was the main storyline. We'll, we'll, we'll go through some stats here, follow some more storylines as we go. Right here, game comparison. I mean, stats-wise, you know, close game. Much like versus Utah, the stats will say it was a close game. Florida outgained Kentucky by seven yards, 279 to 72. Kentucky, I mean, there's a difference, 202 passing yards to 143 for Florida. Florida outrushes Kentucky 136 to 70. Penalties, three for Florida, two for Kentucky. Didn't play much of a factor except for one big one 
on trading that just should not have been called. Gets called for roughing the passer by hitting Will Levis low. In and of itself, I don't even think that's a penalty, but earlier in the game on the first drive, AR gets hit low, very similar. That's not called. AR comes up hobbling a bit. Now, that has been brought up in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord a little bit on Twitter as well. I don't think Richardson didn't look like he was hobbling. He was he was favoring it early on initially when it happened. I did I didn't see any lingering effects. He admitted after the game that there was not really anything holding him back as far as that goes. Uh, he was walking out of the press room yesterday. I didn't see anything on his leg. He wasn't hobbling after the game either. So if, if it played a part, he definitely hit it very well. But it, he he did hobble when it happened. But I, you know, I didn't see. I, didn't, I never saw him go in the medical tent. Didn't really ever see him on the sideline take a look at it all that much either. But we're going to talk about penalties there. If you're going to call that on Trey Dean late in the game, helps Kentucky score. Don't know why you don't call it at the beginning of the game when pretty much the same exact thing happened to Anthony Richardson. Not saying it made a difference in the final score or anything like that. I'm just asking for some, you know, fair officiating there. Anyway, first down, 17 for Kentucky, 12 on Florida. Third downs, neither team good at all. Kentucky 4 of 13. Good bounce back for the Gator defense right there. We'll get into their performance. 4 of 16 for Florida. Fourth downs, of course, very crucial, especially late in the game. We'll get into that as well. 1 of 3 for Florida. 0 for 1 for Kentucky. 65 total plays for Gators. 62 for Kentucky. I mean, look right here. Average yards per play. Kentucky 4.4, Florida 4.3. Average arc for, per completion, 15.5 for Will Levis in Kentucky, 10.2 for Florida. Big difference in average arc per worst, 1.8 for Kentucky, 4.5 for Florida. Adjusted yardage for sacks, 144 for Florida, 88 for Kentucky. Florida 1-1 one one in the red zone, Kentucky 3-4. Time of possession, favor Kentucky, especially in the second half. They win that battle 33 minutes and 24 seconds. 26 for Florida. Turnovers, of course, mentioned the interceptions. Florida with three sacks, five tackles for loss. Kentucky, one sack, three tackles for loss. All right, let's move to the Florida side of things, get a stat breakdown there. Not pretty. Anthony Richardson, 14 of 35, 143 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Florida in receiving, we'll get into that in just a second, but Xavier Henderson leading the way, six catches, 50 yards, not making much anything happen there, 8.3 yards. Average, Ricky Pearsall, two catches, 39 yards, two two catches for him, two catches for Justin Shorter, two catches for Zipperer. Just not a lot there. Rushing, big point of emphasis I'll get into in just a bit. Montreal Johnson leads the way yardage-wise, seven attempts, 62 carries, a 40-yard run. Trevor Etienne, nine attempts, 46 yards. 
Naquan Wright with eight carries, 24 yards. Anthony Richardson, there you go. You can see it. Six attempts and all of four yards rushing. And we'll move to the other side. Take a look at Utah. I mean, Kentucky. Will Levis didn't really go crazy. 13 to 24, 202 yards. A really good start for him. We'll get into it. Defense clamped down. Didn't let the passing game really hurt him all that much after a pretty good start by Will Levis. Had the one long touchdown, of course. His one interception was the Brenton Cox pop-up that Jervon Dexter comes down with. Receiving there for Kentucky, 13 receptions, of course, with eight different receivers. Dane Key leading the way, three catches, 83 yards, and the 55-yard touchdown reception. Kentucky with their tight ends involved early. All four of their catches, I believe, was pretty early in the game between Upshaw and Dingle. Florida adjusted, shut that down. And then in the rushing, Kentucky rushing much better in the second half, a lot like last week for Florida's defense. But we'll get into it. Much better first half performance than second half, but you know, the second half performance was not killer for the Florida defense. Or the run game did not kill them did not kill Florida's chances of winning this game. Cavassier Smoke leading the way there. 14 carries, 80 yards for Kentucky. Nothing you know, really stands out there. 5.7 for Smoke. That's, a respect, that's you know, pretty respectable there, of course. Uh, but not much behind him when it's all said and done. All right, there's your stat look for the game. Let's get into some more storylines with this game. And up and down day for the wide receivers, of course. Much to do with quarterback play. Yes, there were there were times they were open. Richardson just completely missed or didn't even throw their way. Also times, very little separation from their end. Sometimes, you know, some of those zingers <laughs> right there by Richardson um, did hit the receivers but couldn't come down with it. There were times that also absolutely just no wide receivers were open whatsoever, especially when Florida would call a deep shot. You know, mixed bag there. Some guys were open. Richardson just didn't see them and or they just weren't open at all. And personnel usage, and we'll get into that a bit too. Usage at wide receiver, a little bit questionable through two games. Pearsall wasn't out there as much as I thought he should be. I want to go, that's something I want to go back in the rewatch to see how much he was out there. Made an impact early with a big catch. We'll see how much he played. Yeah, but especially given the struggles in the past game. And that could have something to do with it where it just doesn't stick out in my mind how much he was actually on the field. But both of his receptions get a first down. So every catch this season for Pearsall has been a first down. Resulted in a first down. To get something going horizontally to try and stretch this Kentucky defense out, Florida went. With the wide receiver screens, but to Xavier Henderson. Man, there's just no threat there. And there was the one swing pass as well to Henderson. Shorter misses the block. That would have been a first down for Florida. But speaking of just the pure screen plays, I, mean, I definitely understand it. You know, you're trying to, trying to spread that Kentucky defense out, but man, there was just nothing there. He can't make a guy miss. I mean, Florida needs some more shiftiness there. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen that play through two weeks now, and it's Henderson being on the receiving end of it. 
there's just no playmaking ability there to 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 make something happen. And I, maybe you're seeing it as a, of course, an extension of the run game, but give me some more threat there. I just that 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 play call is leaving a lot to be desired so far. That's not really helped Florida all that much. It's a very conservative call to begin with, but even more conservative with somebody like Xavier Henderson, who has yet to prove a nice catch yesterday, as I mentioned on the sideline, with the, one of the few touch passes Richardson was able to hit. But as far as just like making something happen after the catch, it's not there, especially in that setting with the screen passes. And Pierce all get involved there a little bit more. I mean, I think he's proven the ball needs to be in his hands. But man, yep. We'll um some more to get into when I kind of get into some of the coaching decisions as well. That there's one of them. I'll go to the defense, but there's more um, about the running backs. I think <laughs> I see it. There's a theme out there with the running backs. A lot of you agree with too, and I'll get into it uh, there. But we are going to take a look at this uh, performance by the defense. Very valiant performance by the defense. But before we get there, the NFL regular season is kicking off college football in full swing. So now it's time to prepare your winning season at my bookie. Whether you're a veteran better or a first-timer, my bookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick and easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet instantly on as many games, contests, and props as you want. To claim your bonus, register today, and use promo code GATERS to add more excitement to the games and sport you love. Bet on team win totals. Predict the Super Bowl winner. Or use the MyBookie Prop Builder and secure the bag. Your winning season begins today exclusively at MyBookie.ag. Use promo code Gators. And for the second season in a row, the Gators waste a good defensive performance versus Kentucky. And good to see those guys bounce back after last week and certainly played well enough to get a win. Kentucky tried early to go big, get the tight ends involved in the passing game, but they couldn't run the ball in the first half. Definitely was able to hit more in the run game. Not crazy in the second half there, but you know if Florida's offense does their job in the first half, up 16-7, get another score there, then Kentucky would have been mostly taken out of their game plan. Defense gave the offense every opportunity to build a lead in the first half, besides the big play from Levis to Dan Key for that 55-yard 50 touchdown. That was it. I mean, the defense played admirably that first half. Kentucky was able to hit that big play while Florida was not. Three sacks in the first quarter. You'd like to see it throughout the game, but they, they affected Levis. In the second half, his passing stats were not pretty at all. Three sacks in the first quarter. Brenton Cox, Jervon Dexter put together a great start for the game, really causing issues for Kentucky's offensive line. That resulted in Cox getting two Levis, popped the ball up. Jervon Dexter comes down for his second career interception. That resulted in Florida scoring their only touchdown of the game. So defense helping the offense there. As I mentioned, that great start by Levis started 9 of 10, 
that last one being that 55-yard touchdown, but only went on to complete four passes the rest of the game. Started 9-10 and ended 13-24. But I mentioned Kentucky did get the ground game going a bit more in the second half, but it, it wasn't killing Florida with it. Cavazier Smoke had six carries in the first half, with the longest being two three-yard carries. Did rebound to pick it up in the second half with eight carries, four of those going for 13, 13, 18, and 11 yards. Kentucky running backs accounted for 121 yards. I would have taken that. You tell me before the game, you're holding Kentucky's running backs to 121 yards. Give me Will Levis' stat line of 13 to 24 for 202. Florida wins that game. But once again, defense plays well enough. Offense can't do anything. Florida has held Kentucky to under 300 total yards in three straight games, losing two of them. Mark the first time since September 10th, 2016, that Florida held Kentucky to 100 or fewer rushing yards. You, know, you count the sacks in there, of course, on Will Levis. So that's how college football does it. So, But as I said, the running backs did account for 121, but I'm, I take that. You asked me, once again, you asked me before the game, yep, I'm like, if they don't hit the 150 mark, I'd, I'd see a hard time for Kentucky winning the game. Well, they do anyway. You know, there's a, these last couple games, there's, a, there's so many things you can point to. You know, that's why we can go over all these stats we want to, but, you know, in the end of the day, they don't always tell the story of a football game. I mean, your Anthony Richardson stats do, of course. So <laughs> there you go. And I guess that's where you can look. You see the defensive stats, you look at Anthony Richardson's stats and say, okay, well, how can you lose that game? You do a stat comparison. Just, just off the surface. We know it's deeper than that, but just on the surface. And, yeah, defense, those stats, that's good enough to win a football game. Anthony Richardson's stats, that's not good enough to win a football game. Florida forced Kentucky to a three and out. And minus two total yards on the opening drive. And go back to something I said before the game. In Levis's 14 career starts coming into the game, he led a touchdown in his opening series nine times since he started at Kentucky. Well, it's still only sits at nine. Now it's just in 15 starts. Now, Dervon Dexter, Britton Cox played really well, especially early in the game. Probably as a tandem, their best. You know, that, those are the two guys you're relying on at this point in their career. Really nice performance early on for those guys. Justin Spoon with that monster hit on Will Levis. Thankfully, got rid of that targeting call that they did. Jamar James out there on the field, finished tied for second on the team with seven tackles, setting a new career high in just his second game. It might be needed even more. Ventrell Miller does go down with an injury in the game. Billy Napier said after the game, a lower leg injury. He'll update us this week. But, man, that was one at least big yardage play Ventro Miller made a huge tackle on. Uh, was, I think Kentucky running back was cutting back. Miller was barely there in the hole to make the tackle, and if he doesn't make it, that running back's off for a big gain. So we'll see what that means for the Gators. In the run defense coming up, but at least Shamar James getting on the field. And there were times I saw three linebackers on the field. After Miller went down, I believe I saw it was Bernie, 
Shamar and Scooby out there together. Three linebackers on the field for the Gators in certain opportunities there. But put in so many bad positions was this defense and still gave UF a chance to win this game. They did give up the 55-yard touchdown. Okay. But no other scoring opportunities, you know, out there. The, the, the offense put them in those positions. The other scoring opportunities were the offense putting them, put them in some bad spots. You mentioned Richardson's rollout interception. That gave Kentucky an easy three-play, six-yard drive to make it 16-13 going into halftime Gators there. That was, I mean, that was it. You know, Florida was in prime position. Had just gotten the safety. Then the penalty on the kickoff return. Rollout, intercept. I mean, Florida lost all, Florida had all the momentum right there. Offense puts the defense in a bad spot. Next Kentucky score was them settling for a field goal after an 11 play, 69 yard drive. Nice bend, don't break defense once again this season. Then it was a pick six by Kentucky. Of course, that's seven points. That's not on the defense. Later in the game, another stand where the Kentucky drive started at the Florida 40. So they're plus starting their drive there. They end up missing the field goal after a five-play, 20-yard drive, keeping the Gators in the game late. Big stand to give the offense a chance. The last Kentucky field goal was set up by Florida, going forward on fourth down late in the game, failing at their own 20 Kentucky started out drive at the 24-yard line, already in field goal range. No quitting that group on defense whatsoever. I like what I saw from that group versus Kentucky. Just kept giving the offense chance after chance. Really had a lot of responsibility on their shoulders late because of some questionable coaching decisions. Some questionable calls and usage late in the game by Billy Napier. Those two fourth down calls we're all we're going to go back and look at first fourth and three from your own forty yard line. More than eight minutes left on the clock. Then the fourth and six from your own twenty four, with three timeouts left, and four minutes in the game left. I personally would have punted both times. The first one, okay, I'm more defensible, going for that one. Offense was struggling, but, you know, fourth and, fourth and three is attainable. Napier wanting to help his defense out by trying to keep them off the field. Kentucky was starting to rack up some time of possession in the second half. Near midfield, Napier trying to take advantage of he – he just didn't see many more opportunities. Near midfield, okay, you still got some time. But the defense, of course, bailed him out after they failed that fourth down conversion. Defense bails out by forcing a field goal. That was missed. But I can't defend that last one at all. I, I, I can't. Not, not deep in your own territory. Too deep in your own territory where Kentucky's already in field goal position with a fourth down stop. The game's over if they hit that field goal. And you pretty much gave it to them. You're pretty much erasing any chance of a win if Kentucky stops you. And that's exactly what happened. Defense forced field goal, but after gaining more yards, that was an easy field goal for Kentucky. Napier gave his team no chance to win that game late with that decision. 
Look, I, I admit, it would have been hard anyway. The offense just was not clicking. It wasn't there. But you, you didn't give your team any chance. You had all three timeouts. Chances of converting that fourth and six in that scenario is slim with the, way the way that, with the way that it was going. It was slim either way, probably, with the way the offense was going. But you gave, your, gave yourself absolutely no chance right there. I just hated giving that chance away, no matter how slim it was. Going for, the, going for it, setting that defense up for failure, to have to just make a miracle play. If you punt it, they don't have to make the miracle play. The defense would have been in position with plenty of time left. Even one Kentucky first down with three, you know, with three timeouts left wouldn't have been killer. Time, you know, um, where you started to drive and would, would have come into play. Field position would have really come into play, but still you had some time left. And then not to mention the personnel use heading into that last drive. Not the, not the game-ender drive, but, of course, the, the one where Florida had a chance. Or you go for it, deep in your own territory. But Naquan Wright is the running back that's trotted out there. No Pearsall until the fourth down play. Johnson or ETN should have been the running back out there to start that drive. And I can't believe the best wide receiver on the team wasn't out there in that clutch situation. Now, I can see, you know, right, he trusts him in that situation. It's a clutch situation. You know, you, you're going with some trust there, but ETN and Johnson have already proven to be more of the playmakers at the running back spot. And Pearsall has just, I mean, been a first-down weapon so far this season. And you didn't start to drive with him. That, that one I, just, I really don't get. So going on to, you know, just some personnel decisions, even through just throughout the game. Looking at the running backs, Montreal Johnson, that 40-yard run in the second quarter, marked Florida's second longest rush of the season. Of course, Anthony Richardson's 45-yard run versus Utah last week's the longest. And of course, that's the longest of Johnson's young Gator career so far. Trevor Etienne scored his second career or his first career touchdown to go ahead, putting Florida in the lead with that 11 yard man, put his foot in the dirt, got upfield, duked the Kentucky defender. I mean, such a beautiful run there by Trevor Etienne. Put Florida up 12 to 7 at that point. Then he caught the pass from Anthony Richardson for the two point conversion. Gators up 14 to 7. ETN is the first Gator player since 1996 to score a rushing touchdown and convert a two-point conversion on a reception in the same game. ETN is one of first is one of three Florida players, Kyle Trask and Anthony Richardson, to score a rushing touchdown and a two-point conversion in the same game in the last 25 years. Here it is. Johnson and ETN combined for 108 Rushing yards on 16 carries, 6.8 yards per carry. 53.3% of the carries and 79.4% of Florida's rushing yards versus Kentucky. Now get this. There's your stats. 108 yards rushing, 16 carries, 6.8 yards per carry. Johnson's last carry was 325 left in the third quarter. ETN's last carry came with 8.41 left in the game. You tell me. (laughs) 
I don't get it. I, I just, um, those guys should be getting more carries. I think through two games, we, I, I hate to have the harsh reaction there. If you want to start Naquan right, okay. But man, throughout the game, yeah, these two guys should be getting more of the getting more of the carries, especially in the clutch situations. And I was just really surprised. Florida needs to needs to go score. Not getting enough carries late in the game, and then not even on the field late in the game. So, as Billy Napier said, learning opportunity. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's something we see. We'll see what the coaches feel about that moving forward. But I mean, it, it is pretty clear Johnson, Etn, doing more at the running back spot. But man, that one's that was that was tough to swallow there late in that game. All right. Good stuff there. Looking back on the stuff to keep an eye on as we start moving forward. Hopefully teachable moments for the quarterback spot. Teachable moments for the coaching staff moving forward. They're gonna as I keep saying, they're gonna keep building. They're gonna keep learning more and more. You know, that ever so important improvement from week one to week two. When we saw it on defense, we saw it on one side of the ball. Didn't necessarily see it on the offense. Hey, could be uh, Texas A&M losing to App State. Could be Notre Dame losing to Marshall. Oof. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't really make me feel any better. But <laughs> it could be worse, I guess. It could be worse. All right, let me go to the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Get some comments there. Thank you guys for uh, chiming in, hopping in. Ryan S. on the Discord says, both AR and Napier were disappointing under pressure. Both have some growing to do before we get to where we want to be. Defense showed up but was let down by the offense, so they were gassed late. Kentucky is a good team. We weren't prepared. On to USF. Chach says, everything last night just confirmed that we need a lot more talent on the roster. Absolutely correct. I will say I'm slightly concerned by the Nussmeyer-like play calling. Oh, yeah, that was was not good. Not a lot of creativity, as I mentioned, um, trying to, you know, the screen passes. I would have stuck with the run game a little more. It's easy for us to say after the game. I know. It, it, it is. Gators Nathan says in uh, to resp- in response to the uh, we need a lot more talent on the roster. Just think, at least we have a coach that recruits during football season. <laughs> yep, 
Um, Swagadelic. How much of this loss is Napier not having the right personnel to run his offense? For example, no threat at tight end. Definitely a staple for Napier. Also, wide receiver screens seem to be needed to stretch horizontally. We don't have the speed outside for it to be effective. Yep, I agree. The, the, the screens, as I mentioned, they've just been a waste mostly so far. I get what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to spread the defense out a bit, but it, there's just there's nothing there right now. Uh, as you said, need more speed, and that speed comes from Pierre Saul in that role, maybe some of the younger receivers as well. I don't get using Henderson in that role. Uh, yeah, the, the tight ends we have not seen a whole, out of, a whole lot out of. In the two games so far, I mean, of course, we know the question was how much of this loss is on Napier not having the right personnel to run his offense. Um, I mean, we knew coming into the season, this is, of course, not his personnel, but still very favorable up front on the offensive line. Now dealing with an injury there to Tarquin, we'll see uh, what his status is moving forward. So Austin Barber comes in uh, going against a you know heavy front there for Kentucky. Uh, so we'll see what you know, how that means moving what what that means moving forward. But yeah, no no threat at tight end. But you know you walked into the situation of having a deep running back room and experience up front in the offensive line. And maybe just after this, you know, I, I, I look, I'm hope hope it's just a bad night for AR. And he bounces back, and you know you can't, you, and then you can rely on his arm when teams load up the box. But at this point, I just I think you have to lean on that run game even more, especially with some of the numbers that we're seeing. Uh, let's see, Chandler offense has to make changes. Montreal, Etienne need more carries. Ar's confidence sunk after a couple of bad passes and just stayed down. Cannot put the weight of the offense on Anthony Richardson. Still too inexperienced to bounce back from negative plays. Defense and special teams improved a lot from week one. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and I should not ignore the fact Adam Mihalik, two for two on his first two field goals this year. A 50-yarder field goal included on that. And a 39-yarder as well. So didn't get to see it last week versus Utah, but we did get to see Mihalik hit two field goals in the game for the Gators. And Gatorade 13 says, why aren't we throwing the ball to the running back side of the backfield? And, uh, good question, too, to maybe stretch a defense. Easy, confident building throws. ETN could take it to the house. We better play smash-mouth football in Tennessee. Drain clock, keep their offense on the sideline. We won't be able to judge much next Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Um, USF is just kind of what it is. Unless you just get a ugly performance, then on the heels of this performance would not be inspiring much confidence heading into the road, your first road game in Knoxville in just a couple of weeks. But yeah, got some things, got a couple of weeks to figure that out. And then Chandler does say a little bit, we can learn a lot from USF. Do we see personnel play calling changes? Does AR force passes try to play hero ball? That's what I'm saying. You, you'll be able to take if the yeah, personnel changes, absolutely. You know, do we start seeing a transition to more Johnson, more ETN, 
and then AR and his approach. But yeah, Tennessee will be the barometer in just a couple of weeks. All right, there we go. Gonna do it for this somber reaction here to Florida's 26-16 loss to Kentucky. Will Miles will join me Monday night, as he does after every game. We'll go over this one. Won't look ahead too much, of course. Not a whole lot to look ahead to with USF, except for maybe you know, getting back to the basics and going there and just playing a clean game. We Florida already <laughs> I was all feeling good last week and then right now, and we're at the point now where we're just saying, hey, we need a good, clean performance versus USF. And then uh, this week, you know, not really going to bring a USF guest on. We'll preview them later on a bit in the in midweek, but uh, working on a special, uh, a couple of special guests this week. Uh, I know Seth Varnador is going to join me and trying to get Chris Doring uh, on this week as well. So I know a lot of people will <laughs> have some uh, thoughts about having Chris Doring on after he picked Kentucky to go 11-1 and in the preseason. And now... They're starting off 2-0 with a victory over Florida. So we'll get uh, have a chat with Chris, hopefully. Trying to still work that out. He's got a busy week this week, but we're trying to make it happen. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>